1: Hello, everyone. Before we start, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. We decided to spontaneously record this week's episode while we were in the same room together, which is only the second time that we've done so. And it turns out that sharing a single microphone over a glass table in quite a cavernous space isn't the most propitious setting for a podcast and the sound quality has suffered ever so slightly as a result. It's completely listenable, it just sounds a bit more tinny and echoey than usual, but the content is still rich and of the very high standards that we set for ourselves here at the archives. And there's also a very compelling B-plot throughout this episode in which an Uber Eats delivery gets sent to the wrong house, so you don't want to miss that. With all that said, thank you and enjoy the show.
0: And welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things Real Housewives. My name's Ellie Nunn and here comes my bitch wife <laughs> and co-host, it's James Evans. Are you on the phone? And today right. we're live. <laughs> Woo! Live from Los Angeles. We do come across as such jet-setting.
1: We're an international lifestyle brand. Exactly. Live from cold, rainy, yeah. dreary so, Los Angeles. A little bit of
0: context. James and I decided to come to LA to stalk the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, effectively. Mm. And it's gone I, swimmingly so far. Literally. I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been, like, been washed down the streets of yes. LA. I came three days previous to James to do a recce and had pretty glorious sunshine and... From James's arrival day, we had the most torrential rain I think I've ever experienced in my life. I made the mistake of walking in said rain down the street, and people were honestly peeking out of their shutters in LA, like looking so concerned for me, as though it felt like the start to somewhere between like a Western and like a sci-fi film. I was just like completely like drowning outside, and people were like, we should help her, and the husband was like, no, we Stay <laughs> so, inside. It,
1: it was like, as soon as I set foot in LA, the temperature dropped precipitously and the heavens did open and a downpour came.
0: And it's like everyone we've encountered has been like, it's so weird, we've never had weather. And like never literally seen like anything like, James like it in all James of these very And everyone's like, I don't understand. It's like James broke LA. No. <laughs> anyway, we, we, have had, we have also had beautiful weather. But yeah. right now as we speak, it, it is pretty... It's grim. It's pretty grim. It's quite grey and cloudy. And so we've decided that the best thing to do is for us to uh, record a lovely and podcast episode for you.
1: And talk shit about The Housewives. And talk
0: shit about The Housewives. Speaking of, just because it's like right at the front of my brain. Mm. What's your favourite Housewives track? Any oh, of them? Of
1: all of them? Um, I think it is probably going to be Chic C'est La um It is a banger. When okay. I
0: did um I did a play last year where I was playing a very kind of spoilt era, like fiftieth in line to the throne. Mm. And Sheik Sailor B was top of my playlist for getting into character. It's a really quick
1: shorthand, I imagine, yeah. you were like, I was right in. Right I was there. Yeah. <laughs> like the second it started, I was <laughs> You just had to had to hear her say this is the Countess speaking we have arrived and then Is that
0: that's yeah. the beginning of Sheep's Tale Yeah Cause how does my Jams Jams Life is my dream Kelly you bring your jelly beans <laughs> <laughs> I like that
1: one This probably doesn't mean anything to you Candice from Potomac has a really good bop but like a legitimately good song
0: Oh, that's like so funny. better than
1: Housewives, yeah. No, so that quite camp value. Adriana on Miami did a song that was so good it then became the theme tune to Miami. Oh, like, da da da, Miami, Miami,
0: ha <laughs> You rush. I sounds like you're having a your panic attack. It it's very, very breathy. <laughs> that was really it's stressful very, to listen lots to. Lots of shallow
1: breathing involved. Um, Much
0: like you were on our hike the other day. My heavy.
1: Dich- oh, God. Yeah. I, oh. I, 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 I turned into Joe Judice. I think the... Thank Slowly, God yeah, it it's not like that more. hot here because I am really struggling in this heat. So there's been lots of like...
0: We went on a hike up Runyon Canyon. Then a dog walked past us doing some seriously heavy breathing and it was honestly like a mirror image today. Really? <laughs> it was my stir animal, yeah. <laughs> I don't do well in LA. You generally make quite a lot of them. sounds. I'm surprised I feel, feel like you would re- re- have that. a kind of ASMR podcast on the side.
1: Like a really vile one. A vile It's not absolutely relaxing vile. Like- <laughs> yeah, by my own admission. I have these nose strips that I wear to bed, they're for the benefit of Michael, because of my labour breathing, and I just ended up wearing them here, even by myself, because it's so awful, the sounds that I make. Um, i wearing one right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm single.
0: We've had a great time. We went to pub last night for dinner, and we went thinking it would be kind of awful. And assuming, no offense to Lisa Vanapot, but that the food would be terrible. It feels like just like a tourist trap and it feels like trash, basically. Mm. And it was one of like, the best meals I was we've really had in the food. Pleasantly was so surprised. Delicious. Yeah. And I'm gonna put it out there. I think the UK needs to learn how to do a salad. This trip has generally really changed my outlook on salad mm-hmm. and has made me realise. In the UK, I think you'd only order a salad if you were on a diet. Because there's nothing to it. Most places, there's nothing to it. It's yeah. not delicious. but yeah. no. Here, they just make salads great. And I'm really picking up some tips. Last night, I had a salad where it was like chicken, dates, goat's cheese. I mean, it's not <laughs> sounding like a salad, particularly <laughs> salad. But that, that, I think
1: that's the mindset you want to get into. You want it's to think like, about nuts. You want to think about seeds and, and cheese. And it's chopped. Right. It's not like
0: big le- I don't think I've, I've yet to have a salad in LA that has big leaves. It's all like... Yeah, it's very of a smaller easy variety to, to just eat with a shovel fork. shovel in yeah. with the fork. Mm-hmm. But it was great.
1: And also, we had the added benefit. As soon as we walked in, the very first person we saw in Pump was... What's his name? Oh.
0: <laughs> Lisa's son. Max. Max.
1: Max was there. My
0: future husband. He looked good. He did look good,
1: actually. Um, he looked...
0: Great, and I assumed James hadn't noticed it was him. So when he turned around, I was like violently prodding James in the back. I (laughs) play a cool Ellie I've seen
1: many a housewife in my day. So this is just. I would argue there was
0: like quite a shift because we had some quite like heavy eye contact. You were, yeah, you two were hot. I think I was in there. I think if if he hadn't assumed James was my partner, as everyone probably has in LA,
1: they're like back off because there's no way. Because they're like that guy is
0: clearly is like I want him for backup.
1: (laughs) His eyes all fucked up. He's been in a fight already. He's he's gonna defend his woman. He's got like
0: strips on his nose. Yeah. He's, like heavy breathing. Heavy
1: breathing. He's been around the block. A basically,
0: few times. like I've sat with Kim Richards, Ken. <laughs> yeah. I oh God, my is mind. that why? <laughs>
1: Is that why they sat me with my back to the rest of the restaurant? <laughs> you know, there's that thing
0: that, like, in restaurants, you put the hottest people at the front yeah, of the restaurant. We, we were, were like, way, way in the back. back.
1: We were by the box. And I we that were your was your We were in the <laughs> darkest corner. Yeah. It completely was, wasn't it? Oh, oh fuck. That's I'm sad. sorry.
0: In fact, have we been put near the front of any of the restaurants? No. Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think they're jealous. I think they're jealous.
0: We were right at the front of the Crossroads Kitchen Place with the intense waiter. We were right by where you come in. That was like, look at our clientele.
1: Yeah, but still, it was um, it was Round like you'd corner. come in and have to like look behind you to see us. As
0: many people do, I mean. as many people do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I think that because we've been immersed in like Beverly Hills world here, mm. and because we're always thinking about New York, always. I feel like I have to kind of force us back onto East Coast time. East Coast, New Jersey for now. So what are we talking about today, James?
1: So today we're going to wrap up the gargantuan, legendary, <laughs> mythical, mystical... James is
0: saying all of this while I'm very chicly applying lip balm.
1: I <laughs> want <laughs> my lips to be supple. <laughs> this episode for your um, Angelo impression my... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. what, what is an Angelo impression um, um, what's he... I must oh, say oh what, yeah what was it I must uh, say
0: yeah. it's I must it's say a small it's... world
1: because I I, just I know you sister she used to dance from you, you know? it's, it's hard to an Angelo impression
0: because it's more a look it's like a smile yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not like he had a voice yeah.
1: particularly. but we'll get to Angelo because we're going to do we're going <laughs> to do... finish off the amazing season four. And we didn't really get very far. I think we laid some necessary groundwork last episode. It's a bit of a depressing episode. I feel it like wasn't. We... Stop, Stop saying. Sorry,
0: not depressing. But I just feel like we, we, were, we laid important groundwork, like you say, <clears> for <throat> talking about the sort of foundation that Teresa had set for herself for the season with the magazines and things like this. And then this week, it's nice because we get to talk about the fallout from that much right. more, I think, which right. is Napa and the posh fashion show and the reunion. Right. So. So
1: how I would like to move forward with this, I have like a, a few bullet points okay. here. We're
0: suddenly talking to each other structure. like we're divorcing and like we're in a sort of separate. Well, because
1: we're, it's we're in a room together for only the second time recording. And this is sort of the first episode where we're actually sort of going through notes. So I sort of have my laptop up. When you say and, we, you mean you. Yeah. Always. <laughs> 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 and we're sort of sitting across from each other. Yeah. It's very sad. It's yeah. a bit like you're tutoring me.
0: I feel like a student and you're going to take me through this is for like my Cambridge exam on Mm -hmm. which to be fair was on USP from the start how yeah let's go for it All
1: right. so what struck me after the Teresa and Jacqueline fight was the comparison in how they spoke about it and their emotional reactions which I thought were very telling and I just thought it would be worth sort of discussing that in some greater depth if we may Yes. So the day after the fight, we get a talking head from Chris Manzo, who really shines in that role. He's you don't mean Chris Manzo? Chris... Oh, Loretta. Yeah, we keep doing that. Chris Chris, Loretta. And he kind of sums up the dual personalities of his wife quite well. And he sort of leads with that refrain that we often hear about Jacqueline, that we normally hear from Caroline. Jacqueline's got a big heart and she loves to a fault. And then he sort of elides talking about Teresa with... Jacqueline's first husband and he tells this story that when she broke up with her first husband she went completely bonkers and threw all of his shit out of the window and like set fire to it did a big shit on it and <laughs> you know and it, he's evoking that image to say this is what she's doing with Teresa like, she's when like she's, done, she's, she's purging herself sure. emotionally of all of Teresa's baggage but it also does gesture to this other side of Jacqueline who is very impulsive who's reckless, who's kind of a bit too emotional for her own good, and when prompted to, can act like a bit of a quote-unquote crazy ex-girlfriend. And it's just the seed here, but as we'll see in later seasons, it does kind of grow more and more.
0: I guess. I just don't see it that much with Jacqueline. But...
1: but have you not seen flashes of it? I mean, we see it in, even in season two, we see that element of Jacqueline when she's chasing Danielle around the country club, and then at the reunion... Her and Teresa, they're these like two tag teaming attack dogs. No, which
0: I do, I get it, but I just don't think she's any more crazy than. We'll, okay,
1: well, we'll put a pin in that and revisit it in the future. Teresa grossly overemphasizes it when she's like, I I, I don't know if Jacqueline's crazy or Jacqueline's psycho or something, but
0: it's
1: like, (laughs) she's like, heckle and jive! Heckle
0: and jive!
1: (laughs) So it's just that kind of dual personality element that I just want us to have in the back of our head as we go into it in the future. It's there. So it's an interesting comparison the next day that the editors make when we check in with both of the ladies. And first we go to Jacqueline's. And before we even see her, we just hear this soundscape of wailing and heavy breathing. And she's crying behind this locked door. And every time I rewatch the show, I always think, oh, this is the moment where they then go and film the reunion. This is the moment where she's so upset that she can't bring herself to face Teresa and it never is. Just because it's so extreme a reaction like it's a full emotional breakdown and we don't even need that talking head of Jacqueline telling us that because we see it for ourselves. There's visual and audible clues to that and we can hear that it's affected Jacqueline on this very bodily level. Cut to then Teresa and she's telling us, emphasis on telling us, that she like she drove to Dina's house and she also had a breakdown, you know, and it's really sad, but could have fooled us because we we weren't privy to it. And she's completely unmoved when she's telling the story. But that's very true, isn't it?
0: The way that she's always like, yeah, I cried too. Right. Yeah, I was upset yeah. too. And it's a bit like, you're either not good at doing it on the show. Like you're, you're not, it's just like you say, she's very unemotional talking about something. And it's like, she never seems to recognize in the person opposite her that normally the person is sat there in a vulnerable moment
1: being like look at me <laughs> look at my fucking at my life
0: family. and she's there being like yeah look at me yeah. and it's like oh it's <laughs> like playing it that's is very... a conversation I, I fake here <laughs> Erica Girardi and Teresa Judice, comparing oh, <laughs> oh comparing life sentences I feel like they get on like a house
1: on fire yeah, probably bit. so referring back to the kind of the show in reality show that you've mentioned before I think Jacqueline's very good at giving us a full bodied show, whereas Joyce, yes. it just, yes, it's just it's more agree. telling than showing. And it looks like apathy. And I think that coupled with this shot that the editors decide to include of her doing her makeup in the mirror, she's like putting on lipstick in her vanity.
0: Which one?
1: The very next day.
0: No, Teresa, or Teresa, Teresa? Teresa, Teresa, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: She's doing her makeup and she's talking to Joe Giudice about it and there's this. uh the talking head is done as a voiceover but it's like her doing her makeup. It's a bit like that shot of Lindsay Lohan looking in the mirror when she becomes a plastic. Yeah. Mean Girls. Where it's sort of one of those subtle hints that the editors keep giving us that Teresa is unemotional and she's vain and she's concerned only with her own image. Whereas... Jacqueline's sort of like using this as an opportunity to like ruminate on the nature of friendships and there's a lot of soul searching. Whereas with Teresa, it's very pointed, it's very accusatory and it's very, she starts with making very direct comparisons to Dina. I think that's important where she's like, Dina was a good friend because she listened and that's what friends are for. You know, it's, again, it's very, everything is projected outwards and it's all finger pointing. Whereas when Jacqueline talks about it, there's no necessary blame game. She's it's more just, just saying I'm just it's so sad. sad. It's, yeah. it's a sad situation. Yes.
0: For <laughs> and that continues throughout like the next two series I feel, which is that on the whole, Jacqueline and Caroline, all of them are there just being like, it's just very sad. It's like grieving the end of a friendship or people change or whatever. And everything with Teresa is very accusatory and yeah. micro and Zoomed in, And also like ludicrous.
1: Completely, yeah.
0: And has no accountability. Like she's never in the picture. Right.
1: And this is another one of those examples that we were talking about last week of... Even though Teresa does famously bear a grudge, she also at the same time only has the emotional or the mental bandwidth. To... So like one grudge at a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now Jacqueline's at the front of the line. So now she has to suddenly like scurry around and find allies and make do with... Which she
0: really does like to a pathetic it's level. She like hilarious. throws herself against Melissa and... It's simply when she like phones up
1: Kathy in her rose garden and she's like just cutting roses and she asks to meet up with Kathy for lunch and even Kathy, who's probably the most sympathetic person to Teresa on the show at the yeah. moment, even Kathy is like, this is a very transparent attempt to totally. I mean, they <laughs> like, all are get it's allies just on side.
0: Pathetic. and Teresa's whole mentality always of being like. I fixed it with my family. You didn't fix it. You just like launched yourself. You just suddenly were like, it's all fine. Right. With that side of your family, you uh, you allowed it to be okay, where you were like resistant to it being okay mm-hmm. before. By the way, apologies in advance. I feel like my Charissa impression is going to be dire today. Ever since we've been in LA, I've got some kind of hay fever that means, I, d- I don't mean to pile on the excuses. we are both a bit poorly. James <laughs> is like fully unwell I'm, I just have like a weird voice box problem at the moment which means it's going to be quite hard to get into the Teresa register but I'm going to I do my best
1: because this is where Teresa really starts to go into that upper register I know. And I'm capable of reaching I know so I'm going to try on. I'm going to try but the funny thing about this truce that she makes with Kathy even though Kathy knows it's all bullshit she still goes along with it but Teresa is such a poor tactician that it literally is like five minutes later she's picking another fight with Kathy because do you remember she was Kathy was flicking through the cookbook and she was like
0: ah oh, my mother's pizzellini I do find that bit really funny though <laughs> because and I'm like good for Kathy right. but it is also like <laughs> I don't know how to explain it like it's not even passive aggressive it's just it is a really annoying thing to do but I love that she yeah does it's it. great I kind of wish she just owned it more where it's like that is such, I feel like I had people do that to me at school all the time. The equivalent of going, oh, like, so like, So you did go and do the essay question that I helped you with on. Mm-hmm. It's a really amazing way of inserting yourself in someone's success. Right. And I love them when she goes, oh, my mother's Pizzelli's
1: Oh, and that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah, my mother's want. cookies yeah. as well. <laughs> and, stuff. and Teresa's face is
0: just priceless. It's,
1: like, it's ah. so good. But it's a classic example of you've really got to pick your battles hon. Again it goes back to I the place love of it. Kathy, Kathy's dead to Teresa at that point <laughs> and it's like the stakes are so high right now Teresa you cannot afford to have any enemies <gasps> just just so swallow funny. it this one time she's
0: uh, she cannot pizzellis. help herself.
1: My mother's pizzellis. Oh, oh that's the so, mother, oh, my, mother's oh, pizzellis. my mother's
0: pizzellis. That's
1: so cute. It's so lyrical isn't it?
0: It's so it lyrical. Trips off the tongue. Exactly. Like,
1: So then we get, so Kathy is, it was just like a crazy moment where Mercury is in retrograde where Kathy was like Teresa's one ally and now it's like back to Yeah, for like 24 hours. So then Teresa then focuses on her main goal, which is making good with Melissa and specifically go Joe (laughs) Gorga. Go Georgia. (laughs) Go Georgia. So they're at the launch of, it's not a launch of Melissa's song. It's like a launch of a remix of Melissa's song on display where she doesn't sing it or anything. Something like that. Something like that. Where... Teresa finally agrees to go to therapy with Joe Gorga. And Joe, like Kathy, is like immediately suspicious of Teresa's motivations. But he goes because it's for the greater good. And Teresa says in her confessional, she's like, I'm hoping the therapist will make Joe realise he's the one with the problem. Like, I'm the one that's been doing everything right. And And it's just just,
0: the next uh... two series in a nutshell.
1: It's just such a little crystallisation. To the point that
0: I like can't... I feel like we both of this way it's like we can't we actually just can't just keep going around um, like it's and this is where I get why they will give up as well it's, it's just so annoying it's it like, is easier
1: to just go along with it and Joe does that in the scene in the at the club where he's like I love you Teresa and she's like I love you more and it's like, uh, uh. and so I always loved you like, I always like, did I
0: wasn't Problem, where it's just like oh my god it's that's what I mean about this anytime anyone has a moment of vulnerability and that's a perfect example of where it's like so in the same way that you'll have Joe Gorga or something being like listen let's forget the bullshit look at me I love you and it's just straight and being like yeah well I love you or yeah. it's like okay you've not understood right. and it's the same with we'll get to it later but like that bit with Kathy in Napa the way that Teresa will always just be like yeah, but it, you're gonna have to just cut this bit. Okay. <laughs> it's what it's, were we it's talking annoying. About?
1: It's because when she does that, obviously it's topping whatever someone said, but when the person is saying that, they're being emotionally brave here and vulnerable. That's and exactly they're my point. doing the emotional and she... labor and distilling that into something That's it. articulate. I remember.
0: I remember. We're saying it. It was when Kathy's saying to Teresa in Napa, "You and Carolyn, you like you go back and and you know she's a good person. She's a di-. Yeah. Teresa's Just immediately like, "Well, I'm a good person." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, shut up!" Shut up. Like, and she's like, "Why? Why are you saying that? I'm. A, I, I don't hear you saying that I'm a good person or right. whatever." And it's like because she wasn't talking about you. Why would she have to persuade you that you're a good person? Right, like, right, right. it's so relentless.
1: It's completely lacking in nuance, really, isn't it? And I think we really see that. In full force at this therapist's office because I've never been to therapy, but it seems as though. <laughs> Let me take over <laughs> the mic. <laughs> now you're going to teach You're me. in my world the student now. Becomes the master now.
0: <laughs>
1: but I like it seems to be at least initially when you're just having that get to know you session where therapist says, "Okay, so why are you here? Tell me a bit mm-hmm. about yourself," and you just get to say how you see the world basically yeah. and they just sit and listen and yeah. obviously it's fostering an environment of non-judgment and uh-huh, uh-huh and then the therapist is like getting on their wavelength before they then engage with it and sort yeah. of guide you in a certain way and give you those talks. It's terrifying, utterly terrifying to see Teresa in this very clinical setting where she is just given the floor to basically say, Teresa, tell me how you see the world <laughs> and someone just go, mm-hmm. mm-hmm you know, and not be interrupted at all to just see the monologue that Teresa yeah. goes on. you're getting the it's, monologue? Well, it just, it's literally like, I'm not the one with the problem. My brother is the one who's messed up right now, but it's not even he's wrong and I'm right, but can you give me the tools so that I can help him? It's, it's, it's like, he's wrong, I'm right, and I know I'm doing everything right. He's just really stupid, so can you just help him realize that he's stupid and yeah. that I'm actually really sensible? There's no humility in any way. Yeah, it isn't. Silly. And Joe, when he, because it's, even though it's couples therapy, they have a moment to go in individually. It's so, not couples therapy. Oh, yeah. But telling them isn't a <laughs> well, I mean, slip. It's borderline. Um, so then when Joe goes in, when it's his turn, of course he gives it from his perspective, which is normal. It's, it Obviously, it is going to be. But
0: his is working. far more like, maybe I'm doing exactly. maybe yeah, I'm yeah, the maybe i the problem,
1: help he, he, me. he says, yeah, he wants to know, and he's there with an open mind. But there's just none of that from Teresa. And it's like, Teresa is honestly a therapist's worst nightmare. Like, there's just so many lies and delusions and neuroses that you wouldn't know where to start. It's honestly like Freud would walk in and be like, okay, I can deal with this. And then he'd like, be in there for not. five minutes and then come out. <laughs> and he's like pulling his hair out screaming. And it's just like, every therapist goes in, they just come out and they've been driven mad by Teresa. And it's just, of course, it's, the whole thing is a complete failure because it requires some level of introspection and humility and doing the work. But it also requires learning a language of, of emotional nuance yeah. and moderation. And she's unwilling or unable, maybe, to put the work in and learn this new language because she would. she's very comfortable in the world of absolutes. Like, people are either loyal to her unwaveringly or they're her enemy that you're either a good cousin or a bad cousin a good sibling or a bad sibling she really clings to this platitude of what i'm damned if i do and i'm damned if i don't and then therapist is trying to get through to her and he's saying you need to get out of that mindset and you need to tailor your expectations to a reasonable level in order to avoid being disappointed because it's just going to become this self-perpetuating cycle and it's okay for it to be two small steps forward, and then one step back, and then two more steps forward and one step back. Because in the bigger picture, you will make some strides forward, but there's not gonna be one quick and easy fix. But it relies on hard work and patience. And Teresa seems to think that therapy is this kind of like voodoo situation where she just like gets a potion and the therapist will like chant something or put a spell on Joe, and then everything will be well. She wants like immediate results in which her circumstances change, but also in which Teresa does none of... She, she doesn't change one single iota, because in order to change would be to admit fault in some way. And so Teresa ends up kind of translating everything the therapist says to just like... She basically goes, so what you're saying is, it's all in the past. And let's move forward And he's like No No. that's not what I'm saying She's like Okay so it's all In the (laughs) past
0: And we'll move forward It's true that this season Is just like, (laughs) like Well this and the next season Is just like a series Of outside mediators Brought in who right. like come in with this really sunny attitude right being like, like in, i'm totally like <laughs> unthreatening i'm gonna help you and then it's just like cut to the face of the guys at the retreat being like right. okay <laughs> okay <laughs> well we're gonna start <laughs> like yeah. it's just like this family just like destroys it's, everyone's this doctorates. family everyone's is like cursed. They, they all the therapists end up in therapy right
1: it's so funny though, when they end the session, obviously now Teresa's like really pumped up because in her mind, the therapist has decided with her and said that yeah. she's correct. Yeah. And then they go, Joe Gorger is like, okay, we're going to walk out this door. And as soon as we cross the it's threshold, so we're going to start afresh and we're still positive. And she's like, okay, good. And as soon as they immediately walk out the door, they start arguing again. It's like amazing. you make it up it's so funny
0: it sums up their whole relationship completely those scenes and, and that, the that fact Rachel that it's,
1: it's all intercut with footage really lovely footage of Rosie going to the gay bar <laughs> to kind of like meet women and Cathy's going and being a good sister and she's like knocking back shots yeah. and flirting with all the lesbians oh, hell, there Rose and sister. It's like, it feels like a very pointed comparison that the editors make between sibling relationships. Like one that is very healthy and supportive.
0: Um, and one that is because the brother turning up being like, oh, you're in red. That's sexy. That's a it's sexy colour. You hell. Weirdo. You're up. So they all, are we on to Napa? Uh, sorry. James, I'm very aware that this is not going to be a 2 part We <laughs> I God, am. You are determined. I this am to am not be a 2 part It could be a long episode. All right. <laughs>
1: Um, I, d- I do want to talk about Napa, but I think before that, I just want to lay some groundwork that's very relevant for Napa. Hit me, Joe Judice, basically being a complete villain this season. Sure, um, yeah. So just on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, pre the Gorg is turning up, Joe Judice is like hardly a prince charming. You know, he's he's an established homophobe. He's a drunk. He's grumpy. He's flatulent. These
0: all um, sound like names of the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> It's and he's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? It's Mr. Myers. Like, <laughs> Come on, let's do yeah. it. <laughs>
1: But within the context of the show, kind of depressingly, he's more or less a run-of-the-mill guy on New yeah. Jersey, you know. And then the Gorgers turn up, and suddenly Joe's general coarseness is like reframed as this quite. <laughs> how dare you! Oh,
0: how dare did you did. get a call? How could you do this to me? You're disgusting. You're disgusting, you're a slut, I see you. are doing right What are you doing here right
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But it's kind of reframed as something very acute. It's for, it's like a very sharp kind of coarseness that is this very Shakespearean poison. villainy. Yeah, poison, as we've discussed before. And suddenly, maybe it's doing, maybe it's really flattering Joe Giudice, but we get this impression all of a sudden that he's quite Machiavellian and manipulative and more intelligent than he lets on in pernicious. some way. It's
0: just a very it's pernicious, very pernicious. A very pernicious
1: person. Yeah. And that trickles through the third season. Yeah. And we see it where whenever they are any detentes between joe and teresa joe judy is just determined to ruin it so it's like messaging joe Gorga being like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah if you come to the book signing i'm fucking you up you faggot." Yeah, just yeah okay sarah, sarah. <laughs> and then and even at the beginning of this season season four for the first half of the season joe and teresa together are sort of portrayed as just a bit of an irritant and nothing more. And there's this kind of really funny recurring theme where Caroline... Caroline hates being on every single group trip. It's like a worse nightmare. And the main reason is because Joe and Teresa are there. So they're, they're kind of these... Um, they're almost a bit parasitic. They keep managing to, like, yeah. infest any kind of Manzo gathering, whether it be Jamie's wedding yeah, yeah. or yeah, the Napa exactly. trip. Like, they always, like, wriggle their way in. Much to the chagrin of Caroline, who just have to, has to sort of sit there with a face like thunder.
0: Exactly, with her arms crossed. By the way, sorry, someone's just started mowing <coughs> their lawn, and I don't know if that's going to be picked up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it won't, but if it does, just know that it's not James' malfunctioning. <laughs> it's my heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: But as the season progresses, we get this increasing clarity that Teresa is actually trapped in a really shitty marriage. As villainous as Teresa is, you also really feel bad for her. It's
0: interesting what you say about, talking about Joe Judice writing to Joe Gorgo about the book signing. Is one thing, I mean, I think this actually happens in season five. When Melissa has tweeted Teresa or something like that, and Joe Gorger goes home and actually really lays into her and is like, what are you doing? That's my sister. Yeah. Like, no matter how much we hate her, don't stoop to her level. Don't you say that or whatever. And Teresa never does that enough with Joe Junos, where it's like when Joe Junos is actively caught out being inflammatory in the situation, she does her kind of like slight kind of double chin gormless, like, yeah. thing. But she's never like, don't do that. Mm-hmm don't write to him and say it or whatever and then it's frustrating that the way she compares their relationships is always a bit like no Melissa why are you gonna go why are you gonna go to my brother or whatever and it's like well actually you could afford to do that more in terms of she just has a complete double standard of like Joe Judice is allowed to do whatever because it's my husband Mm -hmm. yeah and I think some of that is reflected in exactly what you just said of actually it's a much more miserable relationship and it's almost like a jealousy of the communication that Joe the fact that Joe Walker can say to Melissa don't send that tweet or whatever and it's not a big fight between like she's like yeah you're right shows good communication and like shows a a strong punch
1: yeah I think there's two things at play here I think Teresa's really a victim of like old school Italian mentality like quoting them I'm not an authority on that but it seems to be in this world old school Italian mentality means just being subservient to your man yeah and Teresa for all her screaming at Danielle and chasing her and getting violent with other women I think she's actually quite scared of men and she like backs down really quickly when Joe Judice has words with her or like later on with the whole Angelo thing like I wonder if she like clams up when men are around because there's that subconscious Mm, thing of like this is like men's business here so maybe there's a bit of that but also she hasn't had an emotional upbringing. It's the same thing with Gia that we were talking about last time like Gia hasn't been given as a child the tools to be emotional and to express her emotion freely. And I think Teresa has picked up on that because it's just not a household that rewards that kind of vernacular. Whereas that's different in the Gorga household. And we see that going back to the jacqueline Teresa fight and Joe's talking to Teresa about it. He's incapable of having even a base level of emotional empathy. Like his response to literally everything is always... Ah, uh, so what? Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, what are you going to do? There's a guy trying to deliver something. Here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't
0: think that's for us. There you go. Oh no, it's not. I not to. Really do I don't think that's for us. We didn't order oh, anything. No, no, unless it's the back house, but we didn't. The back house. That's summer so forty-five. Back house. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't. Stewart. No, that's not us. <laughs> oh, poor Stuart Stuart's ordered his He's tandoori to, <laughs> to our Airbnb and the oh, guy no. the delivery guy was just like he ordered it to 7.45 he it's coming it, to 7.45 yes, no, like proper. I'm not taking it somewhere yeah. and I guess what else is he going to do so there's just tandoori chicken sap so it's outside not, of it's not
1: the host it's no it's Christopher.
0: Christopher 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 God I could not work out what consonant Kiss <laughs> Christopher. Christopher Christopher Christopher
1: um yeah. Yeah. So it's always like, ah, oh, so what? Yes. Ah, don't worry about it. Ah, oh, we. And do also, it? when it's no, like
0: when it. Loritas like Jacqueline, have a chance to sell a story and didn't do it, it's like, well, you shouldn't.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's you could have made some money.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> Maybe giving Joe the benefit of the doubt—it's to kind of spare Teresa the pain of sitting in emotion, which can be painful, but also it's necessary. Yeah. But it's really self... Like, it's not surprising. You totally see why Teresa's constantly brushing off all the talk about going to jail or financial trouble because it's a learned behaviour. Any mention of Joe going to prison, it's that like, ah, so what, who cares? Don't believe everything you read in the Like, And it's a selfish thing to do because regardless of whether Joe's trying to protect his family and stop them from worrying, or if he's just in denial and genuinely thinks he's not going to go to prison, he's not emotionally preparing his wife... For the gravity of the situation, no, yeah, or his kids, like, or anything. Absolutely. Yeah, like this is one of those moments where you hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst, and it might be like, it might be a fool's errand to just sit Teresa down, but you need to go. Oh, stuart has got it! <laughs> 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 Yay! Yay! happy ending. But like, this is one of those moments, you know, where you like sit Teresa down and you go, just in case anything happens, yeah. like, this is where the money is. This is our lawyer. We're These the are the people are you need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, 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 Like, this is where the guns are hidden. So on and so oh, forth. And I think it might be why, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've ever had a talking head from Joe Judice.
0: Oh my God. You know, I
1: just realized.
0: That's crazy. It's crazy.
1: And I think... I don't know whether he just refused to do them or whether they filmed them, but it was just a little, They're like, just oh, unusable. <laughs> It's just so full of
0: slurs. Yeah. The it's it's like, like, we can't put a single word." out. It's just you <laughs> making
1: noises. <laughs> yeah. God, that's crazy. But it's strange because all the other husbands do, all the Manzo kids do, even someone like Chris Laurita, at a first glance, might not have much to say. In yeah, the talking head. Ali, He plays yeah, like a really crucial role, Chris, in sort of translating Jacqueline's heightened emotion.
0: Totally. That's Joe... so interesting. i never thought yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, I've, I've only just realised. And it does, I think, it's another one of those things of, it adds to the villainy of Joe and Teresa because it deprives Joe of the chance to tell his side of the story on his own terms. And he also
0: pays out on her own. It's exactly. Kind of she so doesn't dependant. get a
1: translator and... By God, Teresa needs a translator. She needs someone. She needs the husband to be like, "Look, this is her I love her translate. to death." But she's she can be crazy you're at times, so but she right. has a good heart. Blah 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 blah. And all the other wives have that. God, luxury. you're so right. It's really interesting, isn't it? And so we just get it for what it is, and so it's much easier to we don't get an insight into their thoughts and fears yeah. and the emotional side of it or the vulnerability. So we just take them as the villains, which is being really pushed upon us. It's interesting. interesting. I've
0: been reading this book all about housewives called "Not All Diamonds and Rose," and it's brilliant. And I look forward to with James and I discussing. We might do like an episode on some highlights from this book because Real book club. If you love Real Housewives, I really, really, really recommend reading it. And one of the interesting passages is about what happened with Brandy Glanville calling out about Adrian Malouf's surrogacy. Oh, yeah. And what's fascinating is how much the producers are saying, and actually the other housewives, that everyone was going to Adrian being like, you're a fan favourite. People really like you. If you lean into this story and are authentic and honest and talk about it or whatever, yeah. you will get so much support for it because there's no doubt that Randy's like the villain in what's happening It's just a bad here. thing to do. You will also speak to a lot of people who've, who've used surrogates and things like that and you can lean into the story. You can make it your story and own it.
1: Right.
0: But they're like, but if you just push against it and people kind of won't forgive you for just cutting loose. Yeah. And they just couldn't persuade her. And she just sent the cease and desist shut it down, and then left the show, like, left the show and wow. didn't turn up to the... You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it is a real insight into how these shows work. They're like, you've got to be brave enough to lean into your story. Right. And and it actually, a lot of people are saying that in the book about Lisa Vanderpump as well, that they're like, if she'd just gone, yeah, I, I was, so, I was or... really upset what happened with the dog, because honestly, I kind of love dogs more than I love right. people. Yeah. That people would have loved her for it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting with this because you're so right that by them not having that side of it where they ever lean into, by shutting everything down and brushing everything off, yeah. it's very hard to make connection mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And also I think that was really important groundwork for going into Napa because if Teresa was an island, she's about to become even more, she's about to become like Should an I... island under attack. Right. Because what happens here, you're, you're right that New Jersey, potentially more than any other show, the husband's talking heads are so important for showing They're kind of unadulterated, like, love of their wives and support. And everything is very about, like, honour and, like, protecting their wives' honour or whatever. And it's not just Teresa doesn't have that. She's about to have the opposite of that. She's actually, like, caught on the show not having that. Mm -hmm. So let's get on to Napa. They're
1: travelling with James Evans luck. This is the worst (laughs) holiday. It's fucking awful. Just to explain,
0: James has terrible, terrible travel karma or luck or whatever. And I... Touch wood. Generally, in my life, just have very good travel luck. I tend to luck out on Airbnbs and things like that where you turn up and you didn't think it was going to be anything special and then it's like the best Airbnb ever. Mm -hmm. Or my flights tend to, everything goes quite well, or I'll like randomly get upgraded, or I don't know, it's just like a good energy. James just has like terrible travel energy. It just, you can just tell everything's going to go wrong. Even this trip, the fact that, and we knew this was going to happen, Mm -hmm. that you like turned up. And it was, like, torrential rain in a storm, and you, like, immediately got a cold, and, like, it's just... Yeah, like, I'm always It's very a vibe, like... like <laughs>
1: I'll, like, stumble into North Korea by accident or something. Like, I'm not chancing it. I'm not going to South Korea, because I know it will happen. I'll, like, set off a whole diplomatic crisis. So, yeah. They definitely have the James Evans curse, because... From the get go, because they can't fly from New Jersey to California because of this awful hurricane that has just ravaged the East Coast. So they have to drive yes. from New Jersey to Pittsburgh and then fly yes. to Houston and then from there fly to California.
0: It's not really worth it, is it?
1: <laughs> Chris Manso calls it the Ashley Holmes trip. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just over here. Oh my god. I hate it. <laughs> oh my god.
1: I'm, I'm um, I it takes over 24 hours to get there and teresa's got the runs again <laughs> when they're doing it and then when they eventually get to california it's just so un- i mean they're in these massive massive camper vans they're like they're tall buses it's really the trip
0: we were planning to do this week <laughs> if we, <if> we got <laughs> our shit together we would yeah. get a huge rv and <laughs> I mean, it's
1: beautiful where they are, but it's terrifying at the same time. They're like driving down these single lane roads along sheer cliff edges in these massive camper vans. And like every time they go around a bend, everything just goes flying. <laughs> it's like that scene in Mary Poppins when the next door neighbor's like setting off cannonballs and they're just like holding on to like lampshades and stuff. There's like nannies flying through the air. And then there's like one bit where they're like driving around this bend. And Joe Judice has just stood there with like a massive sausage and then a massive butcher knife, like thinking it's a good idea to chop up sausage at that moment in time. Oh. Um, and it starts to be a really fun copacetic scenario where everyone's getting on, and all the all, all the boys are being silly, and they're they're like fumbling around trying to put their tents together, and they're like cooking barbecues, and and all the, the ladies are preparing all the food. And yeah. it's kind of like they brought Jersey to California, and they're. The sort of being silly and playing truth or dare, and yeah, or just getting naked. It's a, yeah, it's cute. It's the right motley crew in a good kind of way. I'd hate to be there, but yeah, it's, but it's sure. fun to watch. And then we go to the vineyard yeah. for Caroline's birthday, and it's a beautiful setting. Amazing. It's like a paint. <sighs> it's like a painted. Bathroom. Although, yeah,
0: it's a beautiful setting, and it's Caroline's birthday. And they set up this massive table with the most beautiful view. And they've put yeah. Caroline at <laughs> the end of the table where her back is to the view. Yeah. And I just cannot understand it. To be fair to Joe Judas, she's like, you
1: should be sitting here. Yeah, because <laughs>
0: I'm guessing for the shot, they were like, right, oh, they we want the they view behind. Be right. nicely, yeah. But it does just look really weird. No, And it's I always like, think happy bird. Yeah. And I like to think she's just like staring at the back of the Like the loops or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She's staring at the big that Joe Judas is about to walk off Yeah, Yeah, right. It's just... It's
1: so stupid. Joe Judice is. They have the tour of the vineyards just beforehand, and it's Caroline's getting really worked up because all the men are really, or actually no, not all the men. It's basically the two Joes. They're getting along, but they're really dicking about and being silly, and they're sort of throwing grapes at each other. And Joe Judice is just acting like it's not villainous, but he's just so that guy that you get in every pub in every town up and down the country. Who, have they're just character. like, I uh, know it all. They know everything about everything. If, but they're like a bit of a waster. And it's like, I could do that if I wanted to. but Yeah, you know. it's
0: just a very annoying energy. And then yeah. they're all sat having this birthday lunch. And then they all start making speeches about Caroline. All of the kids. And it's actually really cute. And it makes me think, oh, if I have kids, I hope my kids love me that much. Yeah. It is really lovely that she has that. And then JoJudice almost, uh, what's the word? Gets back in our good books. What's yeah. Like, almost, almost something to himself. Absolves himself. absolves himself by um, making this little speech where he's basically calls out the elephant at the room with the fact that they haven't got on it and it's like, but look, we really like you yeah. and, and we've had a really lovely history. And you, There's a moment where you kind of think, it's so funny, you couldn't write it. It's like there's a moment where it's all okay. Yeah. It's like calm yeah. and it's lovely. To the point that it's like cameras are borderline down because they've got everyone's mic tracks going but no one person's being filmed. It, they're all like taking photos and you can tell that there's like general footage going on. Yeah. And when I read in the book,
1: yeah.
0: it talks about this moment. And it's really fascinating that they literally didn't pick up Joe's hot mic moment until it's they an after. Edit. Fact. Oh. So they had no she, yeah, yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the stuff you see of them like following Teresa and Teresa's response and, and like following them off into the vineyard, yeah. obviously they were filming them because it's a reality show and stuff, but they had no idea they weren't like oh my god we've just got yeah, this yeah, amazing yeah. scene yeah. until they were in the edit wow. and it's like they were going through everyone's yeah, live yeah. tracks can you imagine I finding that if and they being would... like oh.
1: I mean I, I guess no. they would have always have found it but Teresa goes over and draws attention to it you know I wonder if they would have just not even bothered listening that far into his yeah. audio track later on if she just sat at the table and took a photo with Caroline like the rest of I it I
0: just it's I can't believe it yeah. it's yeah. such a drama. that's wild yeah it's so, very good <laughs> Uh, what happens is Joji goes away from the table and takes a phone call and do you have written
1: down the exact phone call? I don't. I mean, it's like... I mean, it's
0: basically what I said earlier. So we get a lot of like... At which point, teresa it's like undoubtedly, like you've got, there is no, there's no way that's like framed by the show as a certain thing. Yeah. So Teresa then goes over to him at which point, we get this infamous thing where he goes, "Why oh, my I my bitch wife is coming home. Oh, yeah. And then says she's such a See C- C- Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Then. <laughs> and then Therese is like, what are you talking to? And he tries to do something of being like, it's one of those wives, or whatever. It's like, wow, well, it's like. It's like someone from work. And then it's like a kid.
1: I was going to say, he looks like a schoolboy. Oh, it's been such quarter. a kid yeah. thing to do
0: that effectively, I don't think she even asks to talk to the person, but then like offering the phone, but being like, he doesn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> He's and I just love the idea of this poor woman at the other end of the phone being a bit like, get, like, Hola. having to be like, Oh, like, literally <laughs> having to be, at, like. <laughs> Yes. It's just such, like, it's the kind of thing I would do to be like, you couldn't call them, but they don't speak, they don't <laughs> speak any English, so, but go for it. Yes. At which point, potentially one of the most painful things on the show happens, which is Teresa clearly knows what's going on, even if the show at this point hadn't, like, picked it up. So she becomes obsessed about Jerry Buckingham.
1: Yeah. It's like, did you ever watch He's Just Not That Into You? Yeah. So you know the bit with Bradley Cooper and when he's having an affair with... Scarlett Johansson's character, yeah, and then his wife Jennifer, uh, not Jennifer Coolidge, not Jennifer, I know, Connolly. I was, Jennifer Connolly, <laughs> yeah, and you can tell she kind of knows what's up, so she goes to his office, yes, yeah. and Scarlett Johansson's hiding in yes, the closet, yeah. and she's trying to like be sexy, Jennifer Connolly, and he's just not in the mood, and she, it's a really vulnerable moment where she's like, "Can you please just? I need to do this." Yes. It's like that desperation where she knows that neither of them are in the mood. But yeah. like it's like, but it's fully that. Yeah, completely. Where she's it's
0: l- hot, and he's so not into it, and she just won't let it go. And then it's weird because it's like she's trying to sell the narrative, coming back and being like, "Oh, Joe, like Joe can't keep his hands off me." Yeah, yeah. But it's like painful. Oh, it, yeah, it's I'm awful. Really and she's
1: one. Teresa's lost almost. You're right. It's like she's completely on an island. Her husband hates her. Like, the only thing, the, literally the only thing that could be worse is that, like, it cuts to back home and, like, it's a hot mic moment of Milani on the phone being like, oh, my my mom's a fucking bitch. <laughs> I wouldn't put it that I wouldn't it either. It's Absolute bad. terror. Uh,
0: yeah, it's all really icky and really painful. Yeah. And so that's Napa. That's... But Napa leaves... The, the benefit of Napa is it. Like I was thinking about that lunch with everyone sat around. Everyone feels like they're in an okay place. I don't want to get too bogged down in it, but Jacqueline and Teresa have a kind of makeup conversation where it's a it doesn't it's Teresa being like, I forgive you, yeah. which is what none of us want, but Jacqueline kind of goes with it. And it's everything's not back to normal. It's not fine, but it's it's okay. It's okay. We're in like an okay place to leave the show.
1: Joe and Melissa are sharing a RV with Teresa and, and it's Georgina. like the best. It's all surface level good, yeah.
0: So now we have the posh fashion show.
1: No 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 no. The Caroline argument. Oh uh, So it, we think it's gonna I be really, really good. Pod. 56 minutes.
0: <laughs> <It's too much laughs> oh, up, right. <laughs> oh Lordy, Lordy! Goodness um, me, sorry. So we'll
1: just finish off this Napa trip and then... And
0: then, and then, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll do a last episode where we'll do Strip Gate and the reunion. Yeah, that sounds good. But then we promise we're done.
1: We're done after this. So we end the Napa trip with a dinner at this house, which is gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. Joe Gorga is ridiculous. When they're getting the tour of this house, Joe is like, Oh, it's turning... It's making me all... <laughs> Nothing escapes him. Even the floor plan of a house turns him on. It's it's a beautiful house. And they end it with a beautiful dinner where everyone's there. And Teresa... I don't know. It seems like she's really trying to, like Joe Judice, absolve herself and make a lovely toast. And she's basically saying it's been great hanging out with my brother and his wife and I'm glad that Jacqueline and I are back on good terms and like Caroline I hope that we can get on good terms <laughs> as well it is funny when you because it be Kathy but it's just funny and now. it just feels in my head it's like a really long drawn out speech and it's like something from a sketch where it's like oh I almost forgot and then Kathy like lights up yeah, and it's yeah. like, the like the quen- cleaners quen- at the house <laughs> yeah. oh and oh, one more thing Vito thank you so much the food was amazing and it's it really funny. And it's I just...
0: think it is painful for Kathy because I think it goes beyond just leaving her out of a toast like because she doesn't like her. What it feels like she's doing is saying, Kathy, you're kind of irrelevant on the show. Exactly, and yeah. To me, it's more about her being like, no one would miss you right?" if you were gone. And that's what I think is mean about it is that it feels like Teresa is determined to show Bravo being like, you know, why, did, why is Kathy here? Yeah. And
1: it is, it wouldn't smart so much if it weren't kind of True, like I love Kathy, that's she's I a mean, lovely lady. She's tell but that
0: Kathy's insecure that she is, she's sort of disposable, and that's sad.
1: Yeah, so they have this toast, and Caroline is not lost on her whatsoever. And Caroline attack, refuses she to, she sharp as attack, sharp as attack. She refuses to raise her glass to this, and Greg is like, Raise your glass I don't, I don't raise my
0: glass to mean toast I don't raise my glass to mean toasts. No. Okay, she's not the
1: godfather. I <laughs> She, she, she's, she's starting, closed. she's starting in she's this done. scene. Can you set the scene, how this comes, there's a lot of like they jacuzzi the talk. Yeah.
0: They all get in the hot tub. We were saying we find it really sad, but Kathy. it's a bit of a Carl Richards moment where she's like, gets in the hot tub with a sarong over her. It's like, I just find it sad that Kathy's a beautiful woman. And I think there's which... a talking of her saying like, I'm not going to sit next to Melissa in the hot yeah. tub or bikini, and I just find it sad. It's a bit like Jacqueline's obsession with being like, when they're on yeah. the... Sun lounges somewhere and Jacqueline's next to Melissa and she's really bummed out. It makes me sad. Anyway, they're all in the hot tub and then everyone leaves and, oh oh no, Kathy makes a point, makes a joke about you not including me in the toast. And Melissa's like, you didn't include her in the toast. Like, Teresa, just say to her you're happy she's here or whatever. And Teresa's a bit like, "Uh, like yeah. And, And Teresa basically says what we've said earlier, which is like, I can only deal with one problem at once. Yeah, yeah. And she's basically like, I missed you out because I'm only focusing on, like, the Melissa Joe problem right now or whatever. And you can see Kathy's but like, that's the point. So Kathy, I think in an attempt to bond with Teresa, is having a whole conversation with her in the hot tub and it basically gets onto the subject of being like, why are you and Caroline? Like, you should make up with Caroline. Yeah. And Teresa's saying no. And Caroline can hear them. I this, totally get that thing. This scene is, like, of- burned into my retinas, but it's just everything about, like, the floor length... Grey t-shirt dress that Caroline's wearing, and the way her hair is, and the way she's sat there being like, like, I'm talking
1: about us. She's like basically horizontal. It's very loose about like the pump and a, the ta- the Taylor Tea Party. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it's like a whole fight where Caroline's basically let down.
1: You can like barely see her face because like her her bosom is like so like <laughs> it just like completely covers her face.
0: And Jacqueline's sort of half asleep. The men are all on the other side of the room, kind of topless, playing cards or whatever, smoking, smoking cigars, cigars and, and drinking red wine. Yeah, and. Um, also, the whole scene just has that very late, <laughs> that very late night, like, post-jacuzzi feel of, um, it feels like they're all quite dehydrated, they all have that thing where, if you've been in a hot tub when you're wearing makeup, your makeup goes quite like, because your face is, from the humidity, it's yeah. kind of clammy, Yeah. your makeup goes a bit, like, clammy and funny, and it's like, they've all got the thing where their hair's not fully wet, because yeah. they didn't go in, but, but it's kind of, like, a bit wet. Yeah and also you're in like a swimming costume but you've got a dressing gown on top. Yeah. It's just such a vibe. And I totally get and it's like that all position. A bit drunk, kind of bit late night. You're a bit
1: drunk, you've kind of lost your inhibitions. I totally get that if you're in a jacuzzi because it's so loud in your head it's almost like a force field of safety where you can have Definitely. a private conversation <laughs> and actually everyone can hear yeah. everything you're saying.
0: So they get into this kind of post-jacuzzi argument and the argument goes round and round but what it basically is is Caroline saying she's done and Theresa's somewhat sort of feigning shock yeah she sort of doubling down on that she hasn't done anything wrong
1: it's an interesting one of those really interesting case studies on the royal housewives of different arguing styles teresa's arguing style in general consists of flitting from one petty slight to another and, also just and it's generally and and right, mm-hmm. and it's very kind of surface level and performative. But with Caroline, everything is on like a deeper, fundamental level, and it's all about integrity and, that's and all reflected honor in like, and character. Her
0: tone is just like very, low yeah, it's very deep and, and, very, and base. Where Teresa in this argument gets kind of more and more hysterical, Caroline gets more and more apathetic.
1: And you say yeah, it's like it feels um, it calls to mind the whole. um on New York, Ramona and Bethany, you have one person who, they have their argument, and then you can tell Teresa's like, okay, we kind of need to wrap this argument up now because it's gone on for long enough, so we need to be friends again. And she sat Caroline down on her steps at the beginning of the season, yeah. she gave her housewives non apology, and she thought that would be enough, and now she's sort of trying to sort of buddy up to her, or bribe her, or win her over, or be goofy, yeah. or get angry with her. She's trying all these tactics, and she's just dealing with someone who's just done she's yeah. done and she doesn't and need to do this and the whole audience just
0: has that vibe of Caroline being like I don't care I'm done Yeah, I'm, I'm fully done yeah. and no matter how and Teresa keeps trying to kind of bait her into an emotional reaction yeah. and Caroline is just remarkably low key like she has her moments where she kind of can get like her Caroline has so many um, sound bites yeah. right? right, like that again are kind of burned into my memory or that whole bit when she's like tag on it big target right in my head. Or whatever. It's like such a shit. away where she goes, I'm old, I'm boring, I'm cold, I must be dead. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> I must be dead. Or whatever. And some of it, I'm a bit like, okay, Caroline, like, chill out. But right. it's an interesting argument because Teresa doesn't know what to do with someone not engaging in a fight. Yeah, like, she just doesn't know how to deal. She kind of spot. she's like a spinning top. Trump she team. just like goes up and her register honestly gets to that place. We're saying it's, she gets back into this place, the reunion where it's like, Ow! Yeah. Ow! Yeah. Like it's like so high. It's just like it's a register that James can't do.
1: Yeah, it's like the highest I think she ever gets is in that reunion where she's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. and she's like praying to the <laughs> the <laughs> puff.
0: That's no way to talk about uh, Eddie <laughs> But yeah, she's like.
1: It completely. Teresa's argument, her, her arguing style, it's like grandiose statements of how much she loves Caroline and she wants it to go back to the way it was before. And Caroline's argument is I can't have a discussion with someone who is a liar. And you're demonstrating by you saying how much you love me, you're demonstrating you're a liar. You hate me. And she's saying, you hate me. Just say you hate me. And then I can like respect <laughs> you and we can move forward. And it's its a fair point. And Teresa... Teresa doesn't meet Caroline's bare minimum for a fight. And Teresa just doesn't understand. And she keeps translating it into, oh, I need to up the flashiness of what I'm doing. So she's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to get down on my knees and beg for fit? And like, literally, she thinks that she needs to do that. This idea that it needs to be bigger and better yeah. and more performative. And Caroline's like, less. And Caroline is, yeah, exactly. Rain it in, lower your voice, tell me you hate me. And then we can establish something. And it's, again, what we were saying last week, Teresa's obsession with imagery and cliches, she keeps repeating this fact that she included a picture of Caroline in her cookbook, as if that balances out the disparaging things she said about Caroline and her family. That thing we were saying about a picture of a family looking really happy is more important than the family actually being happy. Um, Totally. And of course, that means nothing. An image means nothing to someone like Caroline. And it's just very yeah, when she gets into that higher register and then runs off because Joe Judice says that they've rearranged the flights and they're leaving tonight, she's like, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you (laughs) Runs out and then she comes back in and suddenly tries another tactic where she's like, I swear my daughters! I never said you had that kind of thing. It's very Kelly Ben Simone at that brass monkey fight. You know, at the end with Bethany, yeah, which she's like,
0: Oh my God, out. so i got to go,
1: go, I'm ready, oh, bye! And then Bethany's just like, with your, your imaginary boyfriend, <laughs> like completely dumbfounded. Again, it just feels very rote for Teresa. Like this is one of many housewife fights. Teresa's a professional and she's like hitting all of those points and jumping through all of those hoops and t- t- ticking all those boxes on the housewives where it's like big and wild and she's yelling those phrases and she's pulling out every platitude but for Caroline it's so much more than that it's it's about your honour and it's about your integrity and you see that in the aftermath where Teresa's skipping out the door and she's completely brushed it off and just left it there yeah whereas it's like Caroline's a full bodily release Caroline it's just she's like given everything
0: which is interesting because she's given like nothing because she's been very low key yeah yeah but, yeah, it's a fascinating fight. If anyone's not seen it, I really recommend going and watching it. But potentially the most memorable, or one of the most memorable bits of it for me, that James and I have been talking about a lot this morning, is when Teresa, as part of her argument, tries to bring, like, Kathy into it. And Kathy's looking down, and Teresa sort of grabs her face. And it's like, cat, cat, look, or whatever, uh, look at me. And Kathy, very calmly, is like, don't put your hands on me, Teresa. Teresa, don't do that. We have this amazing shot of Rich, <laughs> <laughs> sort of clenching his it's like, like, I am... Like, yeah. It's like all Scratching of us in the that pits. moment. Yeah. <sighs> Kathy, it's a bit like Kathy being like when Teresa said in the season before, "Like where were you?" And she's like, "I was actually getting your kids out of the christening." Yeah. It's a similar thing where Kathy's just being like, "It's fine, I'm listening. You just don't need to put your hands on me." Right. Teresa then proceeds to demonstrate what she did.
1: And she's like, no, I was doing this! No, I just and and was like, my, no.
0: and she's like, yes, and yeah, I'm just saying, don't put your hands so on me. She does it about five times, initially. Yeah, we
1: counted, yeah.
0: Then, when they leave the room, Teresa's immediately being like, Kathy, I don't like this, this thing of being like, don't put your hands on me, all I was doing was this, and she does it like another three times. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's so interesting, where Teresa's immediately like, don't go on TV and make it like I put my hands on you, and it's like, Eight times now you've you've done it, and it's just I think the perfect encapsulation of Teresa, where she manages to blame everyone else for her bad behaviour because it's like don't point out my bad behaviour. Right. It's like, and it's like every time Melissa ever is like I'm going to tell Joe, and it's like well don't tell my brother. Where it's like don't do the thing.
1: Yeah. Well, she keeps saying no,
0: Kat, you don't get it. It's, I was
1: emotional. It's like no, we get. That we you're get emotional. It, but we you didn't still think did you did it. did it unemotionally, but that's not an excuse. Right? Yeah, and completely trying to then spin it like Cat these. The bad cousin for making them like oh, so, so annoying. It's so
0: annoying. And the takeaway from it is that Melissa and Joe actually M- Melissa and Joe Gorga actually leave with Teresa and Joe Judice. And I like, Melissa, who does like the most mournful packing, and, like she does yeah. not want to go and she does not want to be on this side, but she kind of like has to stick with Joe Gorga's making a point. Melissa has to stick with it to make the yeah. point that like they're willing to do whatever it takes. But it's she's right. literally like shuffling around the bedroom, like dropping bikinis and being like, Oh no, we're coming with you. Between from
1: the Christmas party up until this point, it's like the twelve labours of her. Literally, yeah, exactly. They've done everything.
0: Which puts us in a really nice place for where we're gonna pick up next week, which is like they've done everything. And like Joe Gorgon says, like they have chucked out a kind of somebody's mother yeah. from a you know right. Christmas party and what do they get? We'll tell you next week. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you for <laughs> joining us on the Housewives Archives. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please what do we say? Leave us a review. Go on our Instagram. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, Tell your friends. Tell
0: your friends. Well, tell your friends who enjoy housewives.
1: Right, yeah. Don't tell friends who... None of our friends know that we do this. Yeah, if our friends don't listen to it, then your friends don't have to unless you think that they would like it. Absolutely. But word of mouth is very important.
0: Exactly. And
1: thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. James and I now have to go and troll Beverly Hills in the the great (laughs) resort.
1: It's a hard life.
0: It's a very hard life. I wonder if we'll see a housewife.